Hello and welcome to the Matt Belair podcast. As an explorer of the mind and world, author and coach, I have spent a lifetime learning how to push my limits and achieve my highest potential. My mission is to bring you the most inspiring, conscious, and empowering teachers, leaders, and thinkers on the planet. To bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, beautiful podcast family. Such a privilege and honor to be with you. I hope that you're having an incredible day wherever you are. Sending you a huge hug through the airwaves. We have Native American elder, mathematician, scientist, Star, Star Teachings archivist David Lombear Senapas back on the podcast. Um, he talks, and this one we've entitled it, uh, The Truth About UFOs, Alien Contact, and Ancient Technologies. Um, ancient technologies are in the uh, Native American culture. The Zuni elder Clifford Mahuti says uh, they speak about the time when technology and spirituality were one. Um, so watching Clifford and David speak in private was the most mind-blowing conversation I've ever been a part of, um, and we just kind of continued down the rabbit hole with him sharing this knowledge, which he's only been sharing it for five years to non-natives, so it is a little bit out there, but uh, you know, I don't know that much about the native culture, the Mi'kmaq people, so I'm excited to learn and listen, um, but his technology has worked. Uh, he built a bike that went 80 kilometers an hour, I think, and um, put about a thousand miles on it. He had to invent a tier capacitor, put balloons loons into outer space um, and has built a bunch of other stuff that I've seen work. So in this one, we talk about the cosmic, the cosmic event happening now, progress with the resonator, which apparently a four foot tall one could power your house. Um, this is technology from the ancient copper scrolls, as was the biodome, which you can look up as are the uh, balloons. You could look up Project Bright Star. They worked too. The bike worked. So it all works. So that says something for credibility. Um, how the Native American history is actually over 20,000 years old, um, the history of giants being on Earth, the science of T's, time, Earth, air, and space, something his elders taught him, the origins of wizards, which is interesting, um, the secret to change anything in your life, uh, the Native American view on creator, God, and spirit, why religions and government want to keep you where you are. And why history is recorded by the winners, the Phoenix Lights truth uh, being flares, but something being behind it. Uh, why David believes that we will have alien contact soon, which is fantastic. He talks about the three-pole magnet, and he talks about the electric bike and the tier capacitor. So this is a, a really in-depth episode. I'm going to do it in one thing. If you like it, please share it. Um, David is trying to get to London, England to bring the star teachings and, not, and need your help. So if you want to, if you enjoy his work and his message and you want to support... Uh, um, you can ship at at uh, paypal.me David L. Senapass. Check out facebook.com forward slash star teachings. And um, they're doing a GoFundMe to help get David to uh, England, to London, England, to share these teachings. So um, it does require community support for him to share. He goes where he's invited. And I've never seen somebody work so hard, so tirelessly, uh, continuously. So uh, please support him if you like the show. Um, take screenshots, share episodes. That really helps. Leave a review in iTunes. Um, support on Patreon. Thank you so much to everyone uh, tossing a buck in the bucket at Patreon. It helps immensely. So if you want to support, go to patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair. Um, for those of you guys 
else who wants some coaching, go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. I am open to having a couple more people do some one-on-one. So this is diving deeper into, you know, creating an, an inspiring heart-centered vision, overcoming limiting beliefs, installing the beliefs necessary, executing a plan, going deeper on consciousness, spirituality, manifestation, all that kind of stuff. So it's pretty in-depth and you got to be ready to go. And if you are, um, just go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching and I'll gladly help you out. Uh, sign up for the email list and I think that's about it. I want to thank my new podcast, Spark partner himalaya podcast app uh they are awesome they're easy to use it's got a ton of features it's built for the community of podcasters to make it easy enjoyable to find playlists and other podcasts that are similar and to make podcasting just even better than it already is so when you get over there make sure to follow the mastermind body and spirit show and you can find them at himalaya h-i-m-a-l-a-y-a on the Uh, iTunes app store so that's it let's get into this episode but before we do let's come into a powerful state of peace and coherence oh and the best way that you can support the show is an act of kindness let's remember that and even better doing the kindness challenge Um, so do three kind acts a day go out of your way to do it and just do that for seven days and then tag three friends try to get them to do it Uh, and that's how we change the world it makes sense to me Uh, kindness and spirituality through action doing something so there you go all right so wherever you are just taking a deep breath in through your nose Hold that breath, setting the intention to come to total peace and coherence and gratitude. And just let that breath out slowly with all the cares, all the worries of the day, just coming totally uh, to a peaceful present state, feeling empowered and connected. So let's get into this incredible episode with Native American elder David Lombear Senapas. Hello and welcome to the Master Mind, Body, and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest is a mathematician, a scientist, and a Native American elder of the Mi'kmaq people. Welcome back to the show, David Lombear Senapas. Uh, good afternoon, Matthew. How are you this afternoon? Uh, it's, uh, it's 17 above here, and we're going to be having a snowstorm in the next couple of days. So we're looking forward to more skiing and more sledding. Well, it's always good to see you. Um, we've been keeping in touch and kind of touching base with all the things that you're working on. Uh, I always love chatting to, with you on the podcast. Not everybody in the podcast world um, knows what we talk about in, in private and things like that. Um, I get some emails where people say, um, you know, I used to think like he was just totally out to lunch. Like I couldn't understand it. But when I've looked more into like the balloon project and things like that, people are starting to pay a little bit more attention on some of the projects you're working on. Yeah, I've been, we've been getting a lot of messages on um, uh, the, some of the research I've been doing. I'm, I'm, I'm getting back into the search in the next month or so of the high altitude balloons. Um, we have a couple of uh, celestial events going to be going on. Uh, we have a meteor be coming quite close in, I think, in May. So I'd like to get some balloons up and get some cameras. And I'm going to really uh, take a, make an attempt to yeah, get a picture of it. I've been working a little bit with more on lenses and, uh, and cameras, digital cameras. So I've been improving my uh, cameras for high altitude to look into space instead of looking down into the earth. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, a lot of work, though, but uh, I'm looking forward to doing that in the next couple months. That's pretty exciting. And you've been working on a lot of other stuff uh, as well. So what do, you, what do you want to talk about today? Oh, well, I've um, been working a lot on the resonators, uh, getting the, the technology so it's uh, easier to uh, manufacture. Um, 
the resonators is like trying to make five Rolex watches, all done with a, a jeweler's saw in a file. So uh, getting that down so it's uh, workable and so we can have a workable um, uh, thing that we can see and actually see how it works. So I've been working on that the last few months. Uh, and I'm excited about that. I, I've made a lot of uh, progress in that area. Uh, we should have a working resonator uh, within two weeks. Uh, it's going to be a small one, but in, in two weeks. So that's that's going to be exciting. And I'm hoping to uh, launch that live with you. Holy crap! I didn't know that. I thought it was going to take a little bit. I thought it was going to take a little bit longer. And so, can you describe? We did a whole podcast on the resonator, but for those of the people who don't know. Where does that schematic come from? Because you say you're not inventing this. You're reading a schematic, and, and what does it do? Well, uh, the schematic comes from the copper scrolls. It's a, a, a uh, instrument or a device that uh, makes a magnetic field uh, 16 to 20 feet out. Um, uh, it's, it's not a, a free energy machine. It works off the vibration of the earth and the wind. Uh, some people uh, call it a wind harp, but it's a little bit more complicated wind harp. Uh, it will generate a field around you or wherever you are at that helps uh, plants grow. We had one uh, where we used to live and we had it up in the garden. Uh, we used to um, uh, develop a field around some of the um, vegetables where we're in and get really big vegetables. And uh, it's a good field to be in uh, if you if you are want to be in residence with the earth and, and you don't want to meditate so much, this will help us get into that um, feeling, I guess. And um, I'm excited about it because it's only eight feet. Um, mostly it's going to be constructed out of um, wood and a little bit of metal. Uh, the bigger ones are going to be a compressed uh, aluminum. That's going to be 16 to 20 feet. But this one here is going to be a working resonator. I had enough, uh, a scrounge enough parts from my old ones and I'm putting new ones together and kind of integrating it a little bit more to smaller. And it will be that work the same, and it'll be a working model. So I'm not excited about that. So that's what, what kind of I've been doing. The the resonator itself um, it should power at least 800 volts, and I will make a transformer or some sort of a condenser to uh, maybe power our house under that demonstration or something. Well, that's a, that's yeah. A, yeah, that sounds pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, so. When you talk about that, there's a lot out there on like, you know, EMF, right? We're getting hit with all this radiation and signals. Some people talk about the Schumann resonance going up and vibration and all this kind of thing. I know a lot of this stuff I've talked to you about. And because you're a scientist, you say, if I can't measure it, I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but I can't measure that right now. Can you give some clarity that what I understand would be like this super PEMF device, but also the way that I've described, like what the biodome could do would be like, if you were a dolphin in polluted water or some sort of frequency that limits your ability, the biodome would allow you to be in fresh water so that your sonar, you wouldn't have to meditate or anything. Your sonar would just work because it, the signal got unblocked. Is that in any way accurate? Uh, well, uh, you have to come down to the earth on, on some of these EMF waves. It's like your cell phone. It's, it's, uh, it's, everything is... Uh, produce uh, radio waves, uh, your cell phone, uh, this computer, uh, the lines out on the telephone line, uh, the transmission lines, the cable companies, uh, power, they're all uh, waves. Um, to say what's bad and what's good, it's really hard to say. Um, I, I guess I wouldn't want to be hit with a microwave, and we're hit with microwave probably every 20 seconds. Uh, if there's a radar near you, you're getting hit with microwave. 
So, um, but it's like, all right, if, if you probably can block some of these, but uh, if you block most of them, your cell phone won't work uh, because that's how it works. So, um, I've read a lot of um, uh, research done on the different waves hitting us. We're getting hit with cosmic waves right now. That's more damaging than any radio wave out there. Uh, that's part of our aging system is that we're in the universe and we get hit with these Nothing can stop them. Uh, you can have 30 miles of lead and the gamma rays will go right through it. So this is really hard, but uh, there's a way to redirect it. Um, I was um, about a month ago working with a little bit of a magnetic flux wave and I can bend waves uh, around something. So that, that looks promising there. Um, they may not be able to block it, but you can redirect it because there's, there's a lot of energy going on. But um, if you can redirect it, it can redirect it away from the body itself. So I wrote a couple of notes on that, and maybe in a month or so I might have more on that topic of bending the wave around you or bending it away from you. Uh, so so it would be a lot more safer. But it's kind of, like I said, it's hard to redirect any of the, the magnetic waves out there. I've looked at a lot of devices out there. They said they'd block the, but I, I couldn't see it uh, really happening. Um, I'm, I'm not a skeptic. I'm, I'm not saying it can be done, but it's like you're going to need a lot more power than what they say you have. So. Okay, cool. So what about, um, you know, the, the resonator and when you're talking about um, creating that magnetic field? You know, what, can you describe that a little bit more? There's a, what they call an active field and a standing field. Uh, a standing field is a magnet. Uh, you look at a magnet, it has a magnetic field around it. Uh, that's, a, that's a field that you can detect and look at. Uh, but if you were in that magnetic field, uh, inside the magnet itself, uh, some of the EMF waves could be blocked uh, and it uh, will work with your vibration, with your magnetic field. So the, I guess, the, and the an active field is a, a motor. Um, when a motor is a AC, it's alternating current. The fields change around it every, every couple seconds. So that active field is uh, kind of what we're now in the Earth field because this field is a magnetic flux field. So every time it spins, we're in that flux. Uh, same with the sun itself. It's, uh, it's, it's hitting us and it's creating different waves. Um, the, the other waves that we're looking for, like radio waves, there's at least a thousand different stations hitting us right now. Um, if I go on my radio, I can dial it into any different stations. Radio Free Europe, you know, that, that signal's hitting us too. Uh, cell phone signals are a little bit weaker than that, uh, but they do hit us um, because um, over the last uh, 30, 40 years, the technology of the cell phones improved on their, how close they can make those waves. So they, they need a tower at least five to six miles away from you to get your cell phone to work. Uh, anything beyond that, you're not gonna, it's, it's gonna be so weak, it's gonna be, uh, you couldn't, couldn't, couldn't detect it. Uh, but, but right now with the cell phone towers and things like that, there's a lot of waves hitting us. And I don't really know what that's doing to our body. It could be changing our DNA, it could be changing our time warp, it could be changing different things out there. But I know sometimes I don't really know what's really going on because there's a lot of radio stations that we don't even know about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Okay. So, well, <laughs> I want to ask you um, one more time if there's anything, and I'll probably ask you again, that you wanted to share today because um, I have just a lot that I, is on my mind that I wanted to ask you because I've been listening to, and they're on YouTube. I invite people to check it out. It's the uh, origin of the star teachings. And that is some pretty out there stuff. And 
you know, for me, yes, like this show is about mind expanding and ideas and going down the rabbit hole. And um, the really fascinating thing about you is it's a 20,000 year history. Um, and I've been going down that rabbit hole and meeting Clifford Mahoudi and then having it verified and recently going to Guatemala and spending time with a Mayan elder, also a 20,000 thousand year history which is the oldest history that i'm aware of currently right now where somebody could actually share where that came from what knowledge they have uh what their history was and it's very different than um what um let's say westerners easterners whatever and and we haven't been privy to this knowledge before the westerners and and you're actually sharing that so you know it's a it's a lot to chew on sometimes but it's very fascinating, and I've been able to verify um, some of those things that you've said with other elders in totally different spots of the world. Yes, um, I think this is a hard subject to, to uh, talk about because when you, we talk about technology, ancient technology, alien technology, uh, it mixes up into other genres of the YouTube. Uh, uh, some of it's true, some is not true. Uh, but it's uh, really hard to talk because when I'm out there talking, uh, people come up to me and their um, technology is mixed up. And, uh, and they say, well, what about this? What about that? And what about all the different things? You've got to remember, our history is wrong. Uh, right back to the Columbus to whatever you think. The thing is, that's wrong. We're 32 million years off. And your scientists have proved this. You look in some of the writings and some of the research back in the 1850s, finding um, things in coal mines, stuff like that. I researched that. I said, well, uh, that might be just a folklore story. So I, re I researched it and then actually talked to some of these people that found these things and how they dated them, um, uh, like the stone wall that's uh, buried beneath the ground, at least uh, one-tenth of a mile. And it's uh, perfect stone and coal. I mean, how would somebody, why would somebody manufacture that? And why, why then? So if you date that coal, that coal is at least 11 to 12 million years old with that wall behind it. So uh, our system is off in the time. So we're trying to explain something in their everyday occurrence with our history, what we know, like on YouTube, you know, or, or uh, sort of the limited amount of research we do. So we're limited amount on the questions where we can really ask as a quality question. So when we talk about um, Stonehenge, uh, the pyramids, all the different things, uh, a lot of other things uh, that's out there, people research into, like the giants and all the different things. and. And they put things together. And they say, well, the giants probably build the pyramids because they're stronger and they're bigger. Possibility. That's, that's, I'm not saying that's not a possibility, but there's most likely that we did have giants, but not in that same period because we can post-date the pyramids and beyond that. Um, some of the other histories that's out there that's been lost, as the technology has been lost, the, the, um, the the stories have been lost, uh, all the different things that went along with that uh, culture. So over the millions and millions of years that, that the humans have been here and they interacted with other species, uh, other you know, visitors, uh, our history is all over the place. Uh, right now, we talk about the Copper Scrolls that's been dated 20,000 years, but if you look at some of the technology, uh, if we had this 20,000 years ago, this whole world would be different as it is now. And we get caught up into uh, a lot of the 
folklore stories or or something that we hear. I just had somebody that contact me, and I've done most of the research on on NASA, and they saw NASA picked up a signal of a dying civilization, and they made it sound really good. Uh, it was good, but doing the research, I did the research on that many years ago, and that's a made-up story. That NASA never done that, but it's just uh, in there was other stories. And when people go on the YouTube and look at that, it looks like a plausible story. And until you do your search, I'm not saying all those stories are not true, but m most stories um, I've been trying to figure out UFOs and all this, do the study on that, and finding out most of the CGI or, or it's cropped or doing something. So how do you find out the real truth? What is the real truth of everything out there? So I'm not saying that everything is made up, but a lot of it you have to filter through to figure out the truth is out there. And sometimes it's little small things out there, uh, like um, – uh, we talk about the coppers, curls, and T's, and people don't really understand what T's are. If we're talking about uh, things of residence, uh, things that uh, make you feel, uh, from crystals to vibrational rocks to, to vortexes, everything else, you think about that. If, if we had a technology, and this is where it gets hard with people, is that, you know, the resonators are great. They, they work, they produce electricity, magnetic fields, but... Don't we produce magnetic fields? Uh, do, do we produce? Uh, we don't need anything to communicate with each other. Uh, there's um, there's a lot of uh, science done on communication back and forth. Uh, that's not ESP either, because remember that we, we we're of energy. We're electrical beings. We're, we're electrical machines. Electrical uh, vibration. So that's how we work. Um, I don't know. Um, maybe I know of a couple other energies out there that are not electricity, but there's uh, right now that only thing that we can deal with is electricity. And if it is um, communicating electricity to person to person, there's a way to do that. And the humans could do it thousands of years ago. We have forgot all that. Uh, and the technology of, of T's and that through the copper scroll is teaches us how to do that. Uh, it's already written that the, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. It's all in instruction, but it's harder to sit with somebody or sit with a group of people and communicate back and forth because everybody in that circle wants to talk about themselves. I'm including myself. Uh, they want to talk about it. And so when you get a circle going, if there's um, just a circle uh, looking for information, the information is going to go haywire. It's going to go all different directions. And you find that you know, wow, was that credible information or is that, or, or is that information is just all over the place? Uh, the, the instructions of how to do tea and how to do the, the technology of tea is pretty precise. Uh, and uh, we've done it over the last seven years. I've been working. But how do you handle that? How do you use that in a, a um, group of people? How do you do How can get information out of it? Because if it is a technology, like a cell phone, we're getting uh, information out of that cell phone. Uh, that information may be communication, LOL, or something else, but it takes a lot to throw that LOL signal through the air so you can pick it up. It takes billions of dollars to get it to you, and people don't realize that. They just think, oh, I pay my cell phone bill. But you also have to pay the scientists. You have to pay all the uh, technical people that put these things together. You have to put the people that put the cell phone together. You have to uh, pay the computer programmers. You have to play, pay all the cell phone towers, rental of the cell phone towers. And then that's all part of the cell phone. 
the same with, with the teas. It's like it is a way to communicate uh, through spirit and, and, and a different residence uh, that you've been in a couple of the teas yourself. You probably felt the same thing. But how it, it, is, it is controlled a little bit, but it's also if we do a lot of teas, there's a lot of information coming out of these teas and, and be able to gather these uh, information and actually use this information. So that's part of the Copper Scrolls technology of teas and the, the, I guess the, the science of spirit. And people don't like putting science and spirit together, but that's how we started out in this earth. So, so, uh, the wizards, and uh, because when you, when you think of an electrician, you know, okay, electrician comes in and picks you. Uh, the reason why electrician came to be back in the 1800s was because when the people started playing with electricity, uh, just like wizards and um, witches and stuff like that, they call them electricians because they worked with uh, because at one time the magnetic uh, spectrum and all that was a mystery, and they used to do experiments on uh, moving gold um, uh, foil and things like that. And to them, it was unexplainable; it was magic. Right now, you can go on the internet, and we can do that right now. We're part of those part of that um, informational highway that we get that information out there, and we can do it. It's, it's, now it's not questionable. Back then, it's question. Now, the technology of teas and how that's coming out is questionable. It's right. Because I'm not going to sit in no room with a bunch of people and and tell my feelings and things like that. You don't have to. You can just listen. But it, this has been passed down through twenty thousand years of of um, we talk about talking circles, talking sticks, all the different things. This is without any of that. It gives the free vibration and free vibration of spirit and to be able to try to understand that because. Not any of us. I, I don't care who you are and what you claim. You can't, you, can't use, you can't talk to spirit because spirit is so vast and so knowledgeable. It's like us trying to talk to the sun. You might, you might uh, talk a bit, but you can get burned. But you can talk to spirit with three to five other people because the information comes in differently. So that's part of um, the copper scrolls and that technology. Uh, like I said, it's a little harder to understand. Uh, we've been doing that for the last uh, uh, seven years, and it's been working. We've been getting some information out of it. But it, and again, it just takes a mass amount of people to do that because the information that's hitting us now from out in space to here, uh, we might be able to receive some of that from uh, antennas and things like that. But in uh, the old the overall information is going to take thousands of people to, to try to decipher that information and, and make it plausible so we can use it. And right now that, um, and again, it's like we're in the uh, spiritual darkness right now uh, on all this is going on because a lot, a lot of this is new in the last 20 years, last 30 years, we've just been uh, looking at that and doing all kinds of crazy steps. <laughs> Oh man, well you said so much there um, and I was <laughs> writing down some questions that I wanted to ask you myself. Um, okay, so with the T's, that's an interesting thing because yeah, I did the T's and they stand for time, earth, air, and space and I'll be straight up that I didn't understand what the heck I was doing. Um, but when you're in there and you go to, t you, I think you said there's like a number like nine, you begin to understand it. And one of the things, one of the T's we had, you put a subject in the middle and the group talks about it. And I think it was contentment or something like that. But every time that I took notes from one of those things, if I were thinking about something like compassion or um, something like a human struggle, like how to, you know, live your 
passion or like be okay in this existence. As you do the tea, you get so much more wisdom than if I just sat there and hermited for six months, pondering it on my own. So one of the things that you've said, it's something like harvesting the group's wisdom. And um, I definitely experienced that. And, and as a writer and trying to write about things like compassion or spirituality or kindness or living a good life or whatever the case is. Um, every time I went to one of those, the words that came out from the group were far superior than what I could do on my own. And so I just wanted to share that, but I wanted um, to have you clarify one thing because unless you want to add on, were you going to say something? Go ahead. No, no, go sure. ahead. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think a lot of people were looking for spiritual connection, right? And that's what yes. people, people uh, in religions, you and I both attended the Parliament of World Religions. And uh, I apologize, I still need to write that article. Um, <laughs> but a very fascinating and eye-opening experience because I've been kind of looking at religions, seeking spirituality, seeking, say, God, quote unquote, uh, my whole life trying to understand the truth about that. And I looked at like over 220 different, I feel like some of them are ideologies and some religions, maybe the definition I'm trying to figure out, but when they create a, a rule set and a consequence, and if you were like a four-year-old, um, how would you pick the right one out of 220, like go shopping for a religion? So my mind automatically goes to like this, something must be created here. And, but on truce, right? Like some of the, like they have, like Scientology came out of nowhere and that's a recent one you've got mormonism you've got older ones you've got newer ones but again your history is beyond all religion which is interesting and um so it's trying to figure out the truth of that but they take partial truths create an ideology and a way around it and so when you say something like um you can't uh, you didn't word it like this exactly but no one can just talk directly to spirit that's kind of like for me as a seeker, it's like, oh my goodness, well, I'm trying to connect to spirit. How do I do that? And so my question would be if you wanted to add on to that and clarify, and to you, I hear you talk about the creator. And when I was with the Mayan elder, they said creator. So is there a distinction between God, creator, and spirit? And if so, what it is, what is it? And how do we create that connection because that's what we're seeking yeah I, mean, I think there's a pretty big definition of god and creator and uh, seeker and wise person and um, the translator of spirit um, we think about um, god and god is um, like i said I'm, I'm not putting anybody down i'm a scientist uh, I, I try to keep open mind to everything uh, i don't care what your religion is or anything like that. If, if you have a, the, we have partial truths of everything. Uh, on every religion, on every spirituality, there's a partial truth there somewhere. It's just trying to be able to find it. But in understanding what God is, um, I'm, I'm thinking about that. It's like, uh, how can you figure out your God? Um, well, I don't think there's no gods on this earth. Uh, human, the, even if man claims he's a God, um, God has to, create nothing um, something from nothing so if you can create water out of nothing if you can create uh, the earth out of nothing if you can create something out of nothing uh, you might say you're god but if you say um, the programmer is a god he's, he's not a god yeah all he is is a translator that translator that he might have a technology as a computer uh, or as a gamer and think about that if, 
if the gamers uh, that invent these games, all the shoot 'em up games and all the games out there, and then some of them I, I looked at, they, some of them are pretty real. Can you imagine if, if that uh, programmer is really creating some sort of factual thing going on out there somewhere in another time zone or something's happening? Um, and we have uh, potential to peace. Um, was still part of that uh, creation of the creator because who, who created your computer? Yeah. Um, who's that person? Can you name that person? Uh, some pub probably can. Uh, the laptop, their regular computer. Uh, somebody had an idea and kept on adding an idea, but one person didn't create it. There was a mini uh, consortium of different people creating it. So they're part of the creator themselves because they're creating uh, something from something. So they're taking iron, they're taking uh, silicon, they're taking um, acid, they're taking all the different things and making it into a wizardry so we can talk to each other today. And it is a wizardry. This is a chemical reaction that we're looking at. So that's part of the creator, but um, somebody that is out there seeking knowledge and everything, you don't have to far to go. I mean, uh, you look around you uh, and we've, we've created all this, what we're looking at. We created our problems, we created our financial end, we created all the different things, we created wars, we created all the different things, but we're part of that creation. And we're also part of, of, of those creators of self-image, I guess whoever the programmer is. That self-image is that, uh, as the teaching says, that we can do anything that we want. What constricts us to stay here in this house, stay here in the state, stay here? Uh, you think about that. And you, because everybody says, oh, I have a problem. And I have a lot of people coming to me. He says, can you help me this? You're, you're a very wise person. I'm, like, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. Honestly, I'm not, I'm not a wisdom keeper or, or a knowledge person. All I see is sometimes is what the real truth is. It's like, you know, somebody says, well, I have a problem. I said, what's your problem? He says, well, I don't have any money and I, I can't do this and I can't do that. Well, do something different. I mean, we this is part of our creation, right? We know how to make money. We know how to build houses. We know how to build these machines. All this stuff in this world that we, we have created our own reality. And trying to seek the truth from it. Wow. I tell people, I go, if you, if you want to change your world, if you want to change the way you look, you want to change the wisdom part, you want to change the spiritual part, simple thing, do something different. Get out of the, the hole that you're in, if you are in a hole, and go do something different. And let time help you change that. Because there's nobody out there that knows your future. I'm, I'm, I know that there's a lot of people that claim that that will help you, but there's nobody out there that can claim or say what you can do. Because if you want to be a millionaire, go be a millionaire. If you want to be a writer, go be a writer. If you want to run an Olympics, go run an Olympics, you know. It's really up to you. And that's I think that's where we get things screwed up here, is that we keep on blaming other people, blaming other situations and things like that. I, I blame my situation on me. I, you know, I'm supposed to be a scientist. I'm supposed to have some of the answers. But I have very limited answers, but I have a direction is that most people out there don't have that direction and they, they want the creator, God, to uh, point the way. They want spirit to point the way. And um, give, uh, give me signs from heaven. Uh, can you imagine? They do give you signs, but we don't listen to them. 
You know, it's too easy. They want to come in the blinding light. It wants to, you want Geronimo come into your living room and tell you what to do. You know, I'm pretty sure when he was uh, alive on this earth, he had the same problems we did. You know, <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't think people realize that is that when they consult spirits, they're like, oh, really? What did spirit tell you to do? It told me to uh, go in the water and stuff like that. Go, go do that anyway. I, that's what I tell people to do. You want to you want to uh, taste your environment? Go stand in water right now. You know, if you what is it's cold outside. People have been doing it. Go wet your feet in the nice cold water. That changes your outlook pretty pretty fast. But we don't do that. We we want simple things. We want it all handed to us. We want it to be able to we. Um, a psychic tell us uh, if we're doing good or doing bad or what financial thing. You know, go make some mistakes in the financial end. You become good at, with money. You know, I've lost uh, $80,000 uh, in the last five years. And boy, I, I won't do that again. <laughs> you know, nobody told me to do that. I thought I was smart. And when you lose, it's okay, let's try a different way. But it's like, it's like that. Go experience life. Um, the, with the younger folks, there's like, you know, relationships and things like that. You're in a relationship. Um, honor that relationship. Be be who you are. Go out and have fun, you know. Don't be stuck in a lab like me. So, and, but it's sometimes I'm like, today, like, um, scurrying to get things done and we're on the road again and tomorrow we're, we're, we're heading out and for the teachings. But there's a, there is enough time your life there is enough time to do different things but you just got to go do it and on the creator uh yeah there's a creator um i'm i, I kind of know where where the creator come from but i, I don't know everything I'm, i am a, a, a microbe on an ant and the creator is the universe <laughs> <laughs> like to tell us? <laughs> um, it's like it's like anything. The the understanding, uh, the understanding where you are right now. Um, to 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 answer the first question, is there a creator? I'm, I'm going to tell you directly. Is all, all the things I've done in science and all the things I've done in my life. Uh, if I pose that question to the world and, and look around to the heavens and and to my children and to um, uh, my wife and everything else, yes, there's a creator. Because I laugh, I cry, I, I experience uh, death, I experience life, I experience all these other feelings. So if there's a creator, they, they want, the creator wants you to be able to experience this. And the creator is, this is where, another way we get freaked up, it is not male and it's not female. It's something way beyond what our comprehension of a creator is. Because we want to put those in there because we're in this world. We have to function with the two, two, two energies. It's the female male. Is that we put those in there and kind of overlook that. It's like, okay, is, I, I see, hear this. Is the creator male? My version is, yeah, probably the male. But the woman's version is probably woman. So, yeah, it's like it depends on what you are. Um, on the, I know that on the other side, there is no... Um, female or male uh, energy, there, there's something way beyond something more beautiful than that. The next, what that experience is. It's like, 
So that's that's the harder part to understand with the creators. Well, why did they uh, make female males so we can procreate, so we can have life on this planet, so we can develop life on this planet, so we can experience kindness and compassion together, to experience death and all the other stuff. That, that, that book is part of the, uh, the book of, um, I forgot what the book is, but that's a quote from that book. So go experience life. You know, I, I did, that's what... I'm going to be doing in a couple of days. We're going to be driving in a snowstorm again. <laughs> um. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a, that's a whole bunch, but what I, what I want to say is that, um, you know, in, in training with you and learning with you in the summer and having the conversations that we do, um, one of the things I'll tell people when I try to describe what I'm doing is like, it's like talking to Mr. Miyagi, like he answers you, but like, <laughs> it's not like exactly direct. Um, but one of the training you had me do was uh, night running, just running at night. And what I wanted to do was I wanted to go to the gym and train for snowboarding. But I was like, you know what, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to run at night. And I was afraid of it. And I was running at the night in Vancouver in this forest. And every time that I did it, and I did some Shokai training in there, my mind gained a new perspective that I couldn't think my way into. It was like an understanding. And I think that a lot of the things that I, the, the main thing I think that I've been learning from you is um, get grounded. My head was way up in the clouds and I think that's good. We want to see how far we can reach and understand, um, but we need also grounding too. And I think a lot of that information is here. And when we look in the world, I went to the, um, the Mayan heart, festival and it was really great there was a lot of beautiful people and it also to me seemed like there was a lot of people where you know it was so much in the head in the metaphysical and you've talked about adding on you know like we're talking about pineal gland and then we talk about third eye activation then we talk about all these different things and people add on and add on and then one of them takes a hold and everybody's doing that but i don't see a lot of um you know like when I studied with the native uh, or the Tibetan monks and I was like, if this will work for both a Tibetan monk and you'll go to Tibet and teach this to them and you'll teach it to a five-year-old, then it probably has validity. Um, but if it doesn't, then maybe you need to look really closely at it. So um, there's so much stuff that I want to, I kind of, Oh, and the other thing that I want to talk about earlier with your history, history, there's a famous quote that says history has been recorded by the winners. And it's yes. very true. And there's yeah. this little video I saw of like the religions and it was just like a six minute video of one religion, killing the next religion, killing the next religion, killing the next religion, killing the next religion, same thing like King and King and not bad. Like not to say if like you're in a religion, it's wrong. It's to say that what is the root here? What, what are we seeking? What are we trying to discover? And you look at the book, uh, the book burnings. We've had book burnings. We've had, uh, we have censorship in China right now. We have censorship in America and USA and Canada right now. So how do we find the truth is, is a really challenging thing. Um, I want to ask you a lot of questions, but the way I was going to go with this one was when I was in to call for the Mayan heart ceremony, Part of that was about the indigenous people got massacred in the 80s and early 90s because they wanted to do ceremony in this ancient site as they've been doing for thousands of years. So they were able to do their ceremony. In talking with uh, Carlos Barrios about some of the Mayan history, the Mayan wisdom, there was a lot of uh, similarities to what you talk about. Um, he talked about like the, the Mayan calendar coming into the fourth world. Uh, the Hopi and Clifford Mahuti, who you're friends with, and we've we've done some things together. I think he says it's the fourth world or, or some, moving into the new age, something like that. Um, and 
And I was just curious, is that something that you think is happening now from your history as well? Or do you think it's a misinterpretation of how we are interpreting that um, evolution on the planet? Well, I think um, any uh, or, uh, civilization that has a technology edge on it, they want to keep the technology edge no matter what that is. Uh, even in, into the spiritual realm and into uh, religious, uh, that if things stay the same, things stay the same. Now, there's no change. There's no um, um, hard, no, there's no other things out there that will change where the governments are, things like that. But if you look in every history, there's always have to be a spiritual change. Uh, what, what are we looking for? We're looking for real spiritual truth. And that real spiritual truth it's the self that we, we're looking for is that what are we? Uh, what are we doing here? Um, most governments don't want you to question that. No, they want you to say uh, they want to keep with the history uh, because it, it, it's a pretty direct to where, where we're going. Uh, they want to make sure they keep, that keeps you from looking too far into the stars. And most religions, most spiritual direction keeps us from doing that. Um, my apologies. I'm going to apologize right up front. And, um, and um, I believe in ceremony myself, but ceremony keeps us from looking beyond. Uh, because it, it says, well, if you do this certain thing over and over, uh, like prayer and stuff like that, something will happen. Um, most of the time, uh, yes, that might happen. Uh, but most of the time, ceremony, uh, that you're going to be stuck in ceremony for 10 to 15 to 20 years. Then, uh, then you're old. Then, then you can't change that up here. Because that's, that's the hard part of ceremony. It's hard to change it up here. Uh, we keep doing something over and over. Um, you know, we... I've, we do a couple of water ceremonies and things like that. But I try to, I tell people, don't stick with that. Don't, don't say that's the rule, the way that's supposed to be done. Water ceremony is, it is uh, the energy of water is being able to, to use that. And there's some other, other ceremonies, but sometimes uh, we are looking for some sort of spiritual direction and ceremony is the way. And it seems good at the time, but after 50 or 60 times, it's the same thing over and over. I have nothing against ceremony but it's how we use it and how, how we can direct it as a community and how we can benefit other people from it. Um, I think that's the hardest part of um, uh, understanding what spirit is because they don't want you to do ceremony. You know, that, that they want to, part of this uh, understanding is being able to communicate with each other and to, to understand spirit, not uh, hopefully that you meditate on a mountain for 50 years and God or creator or uh, a programmer would talk to you. Uh, most likely that you're just going to enjoy that moment. But it's like anything else is that we don't talk to each other enough on this earth. Uh, we, we, we make up different things to occupy our time. We, we work for 40, 50 years and stay at that job forever. And it's like I said, if you want to do that, that's fine. Uh, and we stay in our neighborhoods. Uh, we, uh, we, some people, never have left the neighborhood. You know, they, they traveled to Boston and I had a few people that I talked to and teased. They, oh, I, I never left this town. I went to Boston when I was young. I'm like, well, aren't we living in a world, you know, that's round, you know, that we can go around if we wanted to, uh, meet other people, but we're stuck, um, you know, we're stuck in that uh, ceremony of, of life. It's like, 
okay, this is the way it is, and this is where it's going to be, and and I'm going to hunker down, watch my football, you know, or you know, or do something. I have nothing against football, but it's like we do that. We do that all the time, and part of um, the spiritual censorship of uh, of different organizations, they don't want you to do that. They don't want you to go beyond that um, zone. If you go beyond that zone, it's unpredictable. The world will change that we don't even know how it change. We're looking for peace on earth. Uh, we can't even have peace on earth on the highway, let alone, you know, I was driving the other day and, and see somebody with road rage, you know, it's like, wow, you know, he looks like a nice person. Uh, and I think it looks very nice to hold up two fingers. You should be grabbing the hold of the wheel, you know, and keep driving. But it's like, it's things like that, you know, like, it's just harder to understand. I, I know that uh, there's things out there that we want to do and and uh, think it's going to work, and most likely it will work. But if it doesn't benefit the community, to, to me, it's like, what are we doing it for? You know, uh, we we talk. Uh, I, I know that, that I get a lot of um, mail on when I talk about sports. Don't talk about sports. You're not going to be talking about sports. Can you imagine? Honestly, it's in our realm. If we took peace into our, into our own hands, into our own spirit, like football, and put up the banners, uh, filled coliseums, and, and talked about peace, and, and been so excited, but we're not that, that excited about peace. There's different individuals out there that are excited about peace, but the world is not, because it's just not sellable. We can't profit by it, you know? We, we, we can't put, we probably can put t-shirts together, but, you know, we watch uh, any of the sports. Uh, like I said, I'm a sports fan too. Uh, we're watching millionaires play sports. They're paid millions of dollars to do that. Basketball. And what are we doing on the side, you know? Well, I just paid $180 a game here. Yay, go, go. You know, we won. No, they won. You watched. So. so. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> my, my apologies to the sports people out there. Well, no, I think that I, you've used that example before, and I think that's a really good one, um, is that if we had that same enthusiasm for peace as we do for sport, uh, we would have peace. And, and how do we do this? How do we come together? And that was one of the you know, motivations behind the podcast. And one of the curiosities growing up is how um, it wasn't a common thing for people to want to talk about stuff like this. You know, I look out in the world, and I, and I did it when I was young and was just confused. I was like, how do we still have war why am i watching people starve to death i was like rice isn't that expensive you know we could obviously like team up everybody could chip in and sort this out um so there's got to be something preventing it so um yeah i 100 percent agree with that that you know if we can take some of that enthusiasm towards positive social change that would be super ideal for the planet um so one of the questions that i have for you <laughs> so many um <laughs> okay, so in listening to the origin of the star teachings, um, you you said a few stories, and one of them you said they came from Vega, um, yes. and so the Native American culture, um, also the Mayan culture, um, and the Zuni that I'm directly aware of from direct teachers' books I've I've read, you know, but I kind of go with uh, people. So all of them have talked about sky people, star people. Uh, all of them have said are, they're here now. Um, it's a, they were always here. They're here. And um, we're, you say we're not the big and bad. And um, so my question, you talked, you shared a story about a little person. And I read a book called Mad Bear. And he was about a Native American elder. And I thought it was really interesting because 
the the Westerner, who was this uh, psychologist kind of thing, I, I think, or writer, went to the Parliament of World Religions with them. And I went to the Parliament of World Religions with you. And it was very similar. And there was an elders gathering, and he said a lot of the same things that you did. He was very grounded, but he was also mystical in his own way, but never really shared it, just like kind of a mystical thing would happen here and there, and he wouldn't really draw attention to it. Um, but he apparently had a uh, skeleton of a little person. And so I don't know if like the little, I think when we go into the ET realms, you and I were also at Disclosure Fest. And of yes. all of all of the speakers, um, the Majestic 12 documentary just came out. You had me research them. I still don't know that much about it, um, but I know a little bit. And of all the speakers, of everybody there, you are the only person that actually has balloons in space with cameras on them. So you're a scientist, you're also a historian for the Mi'kmaq people and their stories. You, you hold that training, you hold that knowledge. And there was a lot of talk about um, all of these different things. But I thought it was very interesting what you and Clifford said and how nobody asked you a question. And what you've kind of spoke about is that it's um, people are selling books. You know, they take, and you and Clifford was very fascinating watching you guys talk because you would pinpoint on each person um, how you both felt about their validity and where they kind of veered off and add, you call it adding on, you know, maybe you saw a UFO above your head and, but you didn't describe it. You know what I mean? It was like a beam of light and this, and then you said, you know what, it's a UFO and it's from Arcturus and this is what they wanted. No, it was a beam of light and it was actually this thing, but you were correct at like some of it. So I was curious if you wanted to talk a little bit about um, any of that. Cause I'm curious about, you know, the Majestic 12 has kind of exploded. Um, the Mayan elder talked a little bit about it. And um, we're just trying to find a way to understand bigger picture thinking without getting lost in what you, the rhetoric or, or people's adding on to. Well, I, I think, um, I, I know I talk about a lot of this topic. You go back in the 20s and 30s, or we go back in the 1600s. Uh, a lot of this was voodoo. A lot of it was uh, the devil. So it kind of... Um, comes into a, a truth into the 30s. This is something that's actually flying over our skies. Uh, that's, a, that's something that we can explain. Uh, so in the people that are in power at the time that has some power to try to investigate this, uh, they don't know what it is. Uh, I, I know a lot of the back in the 20s, they, they didn't know really what, uh, you know, they, the, Foo Fighters were like that. So they put different claims of the uh, sky balloons and uh, anomalies. And then some of that maybe that, that happened. But a lot of it that I've researched that you, 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 you don't know what it is. It's something that is flying above our skies. Uh, none of us know what it is. Uh, but you go back into your history, uh, go back into uh, some of the... Uh, people that reported different things, uh, because the abductions, the implants, uh, all the different things that, that are going on now that are topical, that people are talking about it. But right, as I know right now, in all those topics, there's other things that's going on that nobody's talking about, because they don't know, because right now what they know is whatever they've written books about, and they lecture upon that, upon lecture, upon that, and they go to all these disclosure fests and everything else, and that's the topic, and people go there to hear it and, and, and to hear, hear what that topic is. And most likely there's nothing new to that topic. Uh, it's been around for 50 or 60 years. Uh, so 
on what I do and what Clifford does is like, I'm a scientist, I'm, I'm also a research scientist. I'm actually trying to figure out if those uh, machines and those other beings are good. Uh, if they're uh, conspiring against us, if they're conspiring against our government, conspire. And there's a lot of things out there from reptilians to everything else. And I, and I, and I have researched them too. I've really and definitely researched them. Um, but to try to come up uh, with somebody to help me, uh, I have a lot of people contact me. Yeah, I'm a UFO expert. Uh, you know, you can check me out on YouTube or, you know, something like that. I said, well, great. Can you come out in the field with me? Uh, come and look at one of my balloons. Uh, uh, look what I'm looking at. Uh, I have never, I haven't released no pictures on YouTube only because that uh, every time I look on YouTube, uh, there's a great UFO thing. But when I research it is, um, uh, like the one a uh, couple years ago the, over the Temple Mount, I guess, or something like that, was a UFO over the Temple Mount, and it went viral. Millions of people looked at it and believed it. So um, some of the people that I work with, uh, uh, I couldn't get the hold of the, of the original um, uh, uh, camera on that, the original film on that. Uh, so... I couldn't prove it because uh, you can cover your tracks if you do uh, do that. So somebody sent me uh, original uh, copy, and of course I can take that apart. Uh, and I took it apart and come to find out it's CGI. But you can't, couldn't find that on YouTube because oh, people said that's believable. Uh, the, the people that filmed it that were uh, students of a film school. Uh, they're they're both students, and they're the ones who came up with it. You can, you can probably research that now and find that out. But everybody believed that. Everybody's like, oh, my goodness, that's proof. Like anything else, it's like, it, it looks like proof. Um, but if we had actual people that is trying to really find, there's some people out there. I'm not saying there's not people. There's some people out there that's actually looking for the, the, the real pictures, the real things. That's why I never released anything from my balloons yet. I have them all uh, documented and uh, put away. Uh, I'm getting back into the balloon research in a couple of months again. Um, we're putting a bigger camera on, 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 on there, and we're pointing the telescope out, out in space, uh, to see, hopefully to be able to document this uh, asteroid coming. It's not even coming close to this, but it's a pretty big asteroid. Just the, like the one um, several months ago that was a long uh, asteroid, you know, tumbled through space. Now, I did get a couple of radar pictures of that, but I didn't get really good pictures of it. Like everything else out there, um, it's like we get into this realm of uh, research and spirit and the little people and all that things uh, that we uh, try to say it's true. And that's the hard way makes it hard for me. I said, okay, I'm going out and I'm being invited to a lot of different places to speak, but nobody's listening. Nobody's really listening to what I have to say. You know, I'm not... Um, uh, one of these people that are going to get into uh, what they're talking about. It's like, okay, well, I can explain what you see, but they didn't want to hear that. So no, I just wrote a book about it. Uh, this is what I've seen. It's like the Phoenix Lights. I can I can figure out what the Phoenix Lights are. They're flares. Uh, and, but you go online and they give all the things. Um, the only reason why I know that flares, the flares give off a certain amount of uh, light. You can't, you can't cheat light. Um, if it's magnesium, magnesium has a light spectrum. If it's, if it's phosphorus, it has a, and, and through the primitive uh, uh, cameras that they have, uh, the digital cameras, I can figure that out. Uh, there's, there's, 
you can't lie from the spectrum. So, um, but I'm not saying that's not, I'm not, I'm not uh, debunking that. They seen players, great. But what was that before and during that time? It's like, why did they, uh, the, whoever the government distracted us to look at players, not look at the bigger picture? I'm not saying there's a bigger, there, there's a bigger picture there. I did the research on that. There is something there, definitely. Yeah. So uh, just uh, said the Phoenix Lights are players. So, you know, some people get mad at me for saying that. It's like, what am I supposed to do? Is it like kind of um, right along with everybody else and say, oh, yeah, that's true. There, there were UFOs. But if, you know, if you, uh, I, I tracked the, the flares when, when they dropped, uh, matched the aircraft, uh, it was a, F, uh, F Tomcat that dropped them uh, right where they are. There's a bombing range on the other side of the mountains. Uh, they were doing night maneuvers, but they were they were distracting. They were distracting us from the, the real truth. So I think that's hope that answers your question. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, as always. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's yeah, that's the interesting thing that I that I've. Um, you know, come to when I ask you these questions in, in private and things like that, where it's, it's, you're not saying like, okay, that UFOs are not happening. You're not saying that there's potential, you know, call star travelers, like it's in your history. It's like, no, that is all there. It's just that the interpretation of what we're getting might be misaligned. It might not be the whole truth. And you had shared something, so I won't share all of it, but yeah, about the Phoenix lights is saying, no, there is actually some Thing even greater than that um, and everyone was focused there but there was something going on in the background and you know we talk about our you know in the bible they have magicians and uh, you've been teaching me a little bit about that and I've always been a student of psychology and persuasion and things like that and if you look at the work of Darren Brown it's really yeah. fascinating what people do um, and history and I just watched an Osho documentary and this has been out for a year and I was like oh my god like I cannot believe that happened. That was so nuts. Um, and so, you know, magician is just simple, just distraction. You know, the government in a way is that they give you two options. Um, you know, hey, here, we're going to give you red and black. And but behind the scenes, somebody's manufactured red and black. You can only yeah. choose one of those two things. So you're stuck at a level and people who, you know, haven't, let's say have, have the awareness to go beyond the red and black or could even consider there is a level behind red and black, you know? And then, so then you're one of those people like, Oh, you know what? There's a level behind that. And then it becomes like guesswork. Right. And so some people like just say for certain it's this, but they don't know. So it gets real convoluted, but in us, we're like, you know what? There's something behind there and we're trying to figure out what that next step is. And we need to kind of do that as a unit. Um, so one of the things that I wanted to, to ask is, do you think that like, uh, people are saying contact is going to happen like on a, on a ship, like something like that. Everyone's like contact is happening. Is that something that you think that the, that we're moving towards that, that that will happen? Well, uh, I, I think yes. Uh, that's the positive. Yes. Uh, but who are they to contact? That, that, that is the question. It's like, okay, who out there could be able to handle that contact and, and to bring the, the truth to the world um, or even bring truth to our community? Uh, people have said they made contact, but um, 
uh, you look at contact, this should be a result from a contact. It's like uh, the Europeans came here and they made contact with us. Uh, the, the, we didn't develop the way they did, we developed in another direction. Uh, but um, it's, it's like that. It's like, all right, you made a contact. Uh, you might be channeling more or some being out there. There has to be a result from that contact. There has to be says, okay, um, I give you a cure for cancer. I give you a, a, a way to uh, have peace in the world. Uh, I give you a blueprint of peace. Uh, there has to be something in that manner that, that we can use, actually use. It's, you know, somebody came up to me um, a year ago and they said that they've been contacting beings and things like that and the copper scrolls my elders my ancient elders all the teachers that have given me what i have they gave me a series of numbers if you have truly made the contact these numbers will tell you if the contact is true or not then, um, hardly nobody's ever matched those numbers up on who the, because a lot of it's just you know i'm not really sure what they're doing but uh that true contact is uh we're still looking for it and uh, the people have claimed and things like that i'm not saying that they're not true but i've never met them before so. yeah i think if the contact is we've already made it but uh who's who's the one that uh, that made that contact and what are they doing with the information it should be applicable information that we can use as communities all right. Well, and then so in in the uh, world of contact, you've got, like you said, too, you've got, say, good ones helping humanity and then bad ones. Um, some of the things that I've heard is that, you know, humanity, we're cattle. It's just like, a, you know, we're very limited, we're very controlled, and we're basically like, um, we're only stuck at a certain level and very, very controlled. Some of the ETs, if you go down that rabbit hole, is like they're all terrible and they're controlling it and they're behind everything. And then some people believe they're benevolent beings helping us. In your perspective, what do you feel? You know, I think a lot of people get really afraid. I went, I went through a, a spot of big fear. I'm like, oh my God, like this isn't good. And I couldn't even, when you get to there, you can't even function in regular life at that point. So, yeah, uh, what do you consider bad? I mean, um, uh, do they take our minds and eat it like jello? Uh, uh, are, are they killing villages upon villages? Are they uh, decimating the cities with their killer rays? Uh, uh, what, do, what do you mean bad? Uh, uh, are they making us do bad things and kill each other? Uh, are they making us have... Um, Untrue thoughts, um, you know, we have to really try to define what bad is. Um, I, I was reading uh, an article about intelligence. Would we believe intelligence if we heard it in this farm? And this farmer is uh, uh, feeding his cows and uh, he's uh, giving them whatever feed is and walking around. And uh, you have to really think about what this really means. And uh, he's walking around. And one of the cows looked at, at him and said, what? And went back to eating. So is that intelligence, you know? And uh, then it just go, and it ends there. It's like, it's kind of like that today. Is that, are, are we intelligent? Um, and we look at our history and, you know, if um, a being five million years ahead of our, 
our technology and, and our way of thinking came to this planet, we don't see, we don't really see what we really see when we're, what we're doing here. And these beings uh, don't eat meat. Uh, they don't kill anything. They get all their energy from stars, from starlight. Uh, so their energy is a pure energy that they have. So, so they don't have to think about eating. Uh, they don't have to think about uh, we, we energizing this self by going to a restaurant or uh, drinking alcohol. Uh, maybe water might be part of their diet. But um, what would you think about if you didn't have to eat meat, uh, if you didn't have to drink, if you didn't have to socialize in a bar, if you didn't have to do all that? So, so these beings are coming here and they, they're monitoring our broadcast. Right now our broadcast is probably about five light years out. So it's out there pretty far. And first thing they see is that, that somebody walking down the, the uh, shoes and 50% of, the, the, of our civilization is wearing leather on our feet from a cow. Uh, that we have leather belts on, that we uh, have uh, eat steak, we eat uh, vegetables, we eat all the different things, and um, and see the billboards with uh, this uh, steak cut up. Can you imagine if that was a human being up there that's cut up into a steak? You couldn't know there's a difference of what would a human being, and then them looking at us saying, oh, we want peace on earth, or we want to be able to talk to you. Uh, you know, how does that look? For them and how, how that because we're not looking we're not really we really don't want peace as much as we say we do we we still want the, the uh, what money gives us houses and everything else uh, and we want to be part of that center of the universe eye of the universe you know I did this I did that is that we broke that um, tradition of spirit many thousands of years ago that uh, kindness and compassion happiness was one in us that we, we, we uh, value the stars around us. Now that, you know, if somebody gets us mad, um, I'm saying, I'm not gonna hang around with you anymore. I'm gonna defriend you and uh, take you off their friends list or something, you know? But, you know, we, we think that's power. We think that's um, energy. We think that's, that's helping us. But, um, you know, any intelligent beings out there that you ask for help, what's that look like? Spaceship? Um, maybe um, uh, you can shake hands with an alien or say that we're here. What is that going to look like? What, what does peace look like? What does that contact really look like? And what are we going to do with it? And, then, and I think this is why people, um, when they come to hear me speak, some people, I don't resonate with them because they, they want to hear a certain thing and they walk out. And that's fine, you know. But what is truth? You know, what if, I don't know all the truth. I know what I know and what my elders told me, but I don't know all the truth. Uh, and you know, if you're going to walk out of when, when I talk, that, that's fine. That's that that is that, that is the freedom of spirit. You can do whatever you want, but being open-minded and spiritually open-minded, two different things. Being open-minded is yes, I'm open-minded, but I really don't uh, enjoy your company. I really don't enjoy what you believe. I don't. I I I think you're wrong. You know. And, and then they shut them, they, then they become closed-minded, even though they're open-minded. So I think that's a, a lot of what's going on today. Yeah, I, uh, I, can, uh, I agree with that because I've seen you speak to people. Um, and even in, in my work, I go to the festivals and I go to the different things and, and have people have these different perspectives. And, you know, even 
where I used to be and where I am now, one of the things I'm grateful for is I know that I have no idea what is going on. It's, uh, you know, what I do know is, is uh, my direct experience. And there's a quote by Terrence McKenna, I think is really good. And it's along the lines of um, the only thing you really know is your experience. So go out there and have your own experience, have your own connection. And I feel like that's what you're um, kind of sharing is when spirituality comes and all these different things is like, get out in the earth, get out there and try things. Don't be afraid, get involved. Um, you know, also stay grounded because, uh, you know, when you go out there and have experience, you're moving in a direction, you're getting feedback. And I think a lot of us are in this culture, we want it to be perfect. We're afraid of failure. Um, and then we're trying to get these spiritual connections. And one of the examples I kind of see is like, you know, people will do the crystals and then the chakras and then the perfect meditation and then they got the crystal bowls and they got the whole different thing and um a person was giving me this example of like you know these people that would we were traveling in uh, guatemala and uh they wake up at like five in the morning and they do this prayer and beat this drum as part of their like daily spiritual practice um and then wake up all the neighbors now it's cool <laughs> that you're doing the spiritual practice and that's your way to connect to spirit. That's all great. But it's interesting that you totally missed the boat on like just the community around you and just basic respect for those that are there. Maybe you could just do it a little bit quieter. Like that seems, you know, it seems like we might be missing the point over what you refer to as ceremony where people would go to like, you know, you are a native American elder of the Mi'kmaq. You are a spiritual representative of uh, very ancient knowledge. And, you know, I would be like, okay, first thing is like, let's get into like, I don't know, a sweat lodge, like a, a smoking tobacco. Like, what are we doing here? Like, how do I grab me a feather? You know what I mean? Then I can go back to my friends. I can go on Facebook and I post a picture of David and I with a feather, you know, and I got a flute and he played me a song and my chakras got all activated and things like that. And what you kind of sharing is like, that's the ceremony part. You know what I mean? Like that's, yeah, that can, there's a place for that, but really it's about your own connection. You getting grounded in your environment with the people around you, with being kind, with having open eyes, with listening to others, with doing like basic human practices. Yes. Um, I think it's funny that you just said that, that um, part of the ceremony itself is, um, a, is a routine that we get into, like work is a ceremony, all the different things, because sometimes we go to work and we swear before we go to work, we swear at work. So that's part of the ceremony, but it's a, there's, there's nothing wrong with ceremony that if it's done in a certain way. And if you do something after to be able to help the community to, to, to do something out there, uh, you know, there, there's a reason for the feather, the pipe, the tobacco, uh, all the different things, but uh, to do the other things that go along with it. It's like uh, trying to drive a car and not having any wheels you're going to go somewhere, but you're not as going to go as fast if you had wheels on it. And ceremony is the distributor. That's all that, that's in the car. That's all that is, is the distributor cap in there. It fires different things for the, the remote and it, to go. Without the distributor, you're not going to go anywhere. It's, it's like that. So you need wheels. You need all the different things that go with it. Is that, it's great. Uh, uh, involve community. Do something. You know, give something away. Uh, Give food away. Uh, go sit with somebody. Uh, go to a nursing home. And uh, this is one of the things I used to do is go to the nursing home and um, go play chess, checkers, uh, bring my guitar, 
um, do other things uh, to make people's experience, you know, uh, share your experience because um, I know that I don't do enough of that now because I'm stuck in the lab. But, uh, you know, usually on Sundays, my church was to go and talk to people. I just walk the street and talk to people, give stuff away, you know, and listen. I get one of my best stories was listening from these people. It's just being able, because they need somebody to talk to, and, and my ears are free. So, Yeah, and uh, one of the teachings that you have is, um, you know, three acts of kindness, and I kind of say that on the podcast too, you know, for me, searching for spiritual truth and spiritual understanding my whole life and traveling for that, I've never really come across a more basic <laughs> principle. Do three acts of kindness a day. Don't expect anything in return. I'm like, oh yeah, that's, that's, so, that's, that's yeah. I don't have to meditate for like 40 hours. And I think we get stuck in like, oh, meditation's the way I meditate more than you meditate. And actually the, you know, in the book, uh, the Native Americans um, and the uh, I, as far as I know, maybe maybe some of them do, but they don't use meditation. Um, when he's talking to Mad Bear, he's like, meditate. He's like, why don't you open your eyes and look at the sunset and you'll observe the earth, you know? And yeah. that, like interacting, and that's where the message from spirit comes in. And um, I think that when you learn to communicate with spirit, and I have no idea, this is just my personal understanding, um, but it's always around you at every moment and it's subtle. You kind of said you want Geronimo to uh, come up. And I remember one of the, one of the things you suggested was a candle meditation and you just get a candle, a white candle, uh, look at the blue flame and you might see things in your peripheral vision. Don't look at them, just focus on the blue flame. So this is after I first spent um, some time in Maine with you and I was like, okay, I don't know if this guy is for real. It's, see, I think he is, but I don't want to waste my time. If this is like a legit practice, give me a sign spirit. So I light up the candle and I'm in a dark room and I'm doing the thing. And one second later, this ant comes out of nowhere, comes <laughs> up to the candle and he starts circling the candle really weird. And then going up the candle and circling it around, I was like, get out of here, ant. That's not the sign. You know what I mean? I, this is not an ant sign. Get out of here. What are you doing? And so the whole time for 20 minutes, this ant is circling the candle, going down, doing circles, going up, doing circles. I finish it. I was like, that's not the sign. And then like 10 minutes later, and I was just like, what the hell? was that ant doing like ants don't aren't attracted to light like that as far as I know. And, um, and then it kind of clicked in that if spirit and this environment that ant wanted to communicate would always be subtle and it would use what it could communicate with. It would use the animals. It would use the trees. It would use the sun. It would use the clouds. It would use the wind. Um, and these are things we're not paying attention to. And if you took away all elect electronics, all the distractions, we're getting sucked into this artificial world of screens. That's the real world now. I would say most people out there, what, what do you think? Like 50% minimum, 80% into a screen reality of different things? That's pretty messed up. And I remember talking to um, Carlos Barrios about this elders gathering that he did. And we actually seeded the idea of getting another elders gathering. And uh, when I was talking to him and his daughter, they had this favorite elder that came and uh, he lived just like on the land, you know, fully, no, obviously no internet, no phone, no nothing. And he goes to have a shower and he's like, your water's dead. I can't shower here and had to go figure something else. And I was like, what a different environment it would be if you had no screens, if you were literally living off the land, like that's a whole different level of consciousness. That's a whole different way of being that 
is really important. And I really thought about that for a while. And I was like, oh my God, like I'm, I'm choosing to live almost in this artificial reality. And it makes it really tempting to go over there to have like an awareness. I don't know if the water's dead or not, but his perception of reality will be so, so different. And to go a little bit further on this story, I think it'll line up for some of the things that you say. Um, but um, Carlos and his daughter, uh, uh, Silvi, she, she really liked him. And when they did the, they thought he was one of the best elders. And so he told everybody when he got there that he had this very sacred object that he was going to bring out on his talk on the last day. And people were like, oh, what's, what's under this wrap? He's like, no, you can't touch that. That's my sacred object. Stay away. And so people were like, oh, what do you got in there? He's like, no, no, no. He's like, this is coming out Friday when I do my song. I'm going to bring out my most, this is my most sacred object that I have, you know, everybody's going to be blown away and, uh, but it's on Friday. Right. And so everybody was just so curious what he had under these wraps. Right. And so finally on the Friday, he does his talk, he starts singing his song, then he unveils this super sacred object. And it's like a, a jar with beans in it. This is nothing. And he starts shaking it around and everybody just hits the floor laughing. And his, and his, and his uh, reason was, he's like, you're, the object, you're the sacred object. Don't put your power in the pipe or in the staff or in the tobacco. You're the most sacred object. You've got to remember that. And I think that a lot of your teaching, I could sum up to almost that story. Yeah. Yeah, I know that we are so dependent on these machines now that we forget how to communicate, how uh, our manners. Um, I have a lot of people that uh, text me and they text me the answer without saying hello. You know, they said, okay, they just go right into the, the question. And that teaches us that not how to communicate, it says how, what we want. Is this good? Uh, I remember being in uh, Dunkin' Donuts uh, several weeks ago, and then I was in the line of Dunkin' Donuts. There was people in front of me, people in back of me. And uh, the people in back of me is complaining. And um, I said, wow, that's, you know, we, we're getting served uh, donuts from uh, somebody that made and somebody's making our coffee for us or tea. So I just turned around and <laughs> all through the line, I just, instead of looking forward, I looked back and everybody in front of the line didn't do anything, but everybody that, when I turned around, everybody got on their cell phone and they're checking their messages and everybody's, you know, looking down. So I think that it's bringing us a, a, a different way of communicating because at one time, at least somebody would talk to you in that line. And um, if I can get eye contact with most people, I can get a conversation going. But that day that everybody chooses to be on their cell phone. So, yeah, I agree you're right. And the most sacred thing, again, yeah, is, is you. It's you and that star that's inside of us. That that what makes us us and will make us us in a billion years from now. And, and it will change the way that we look at the stars. Yeah, I agree. Well, you know, this, uh, there's only a couple more questions. I'll let, I'll let you go. Unless, and also, also, I'll let you talk about whatever you want. But I had a, I had a different thought for a question. Um, if you were going to give a, a communication to an alien race about humans, what would you tell them about us, about humanity? Um, I, I guess it would be the second teachings. That's the only way they can explain it. And you know what the second teachings are, right? You've been reading compassion if you're talking about humans this you can talk about a lot of different things but i would uh, uh convey to them and they already know this is compassion 
we go through our daily lives of believing what we are and everything else. There's nothing wrong with us. Honestly, there's, spiritually, there's nothing wrong with us. It's just how we look at things. Uh, we look down too much in, in this world. We should look up, look up at the stars. It's compassion. They know that. It wouldn't be helping if they didn't know that. Simple. It's a nice answer. Um, it, well, is there anything else that you wanted to share that um, you're working on? And I'm just going to kind of add a side note here that I wanted to talk about um, just very briefly. Yeah. Everything that you've invented freaking works. <laughs> Everything you've invented works. It works. You got you, your balloons. You sent one 800,000 feet into space. Uh, the biodome, not fully built. Um, a three-pole magnet. I don't know. Had that existed before you did the three-pole magnet? Uh, yes and no. The scientists worked on it back in the 20s. Uh, they didn't have enough power to fuse those uh, elements together. Uh, I'm using a, a fusion um, burner so I can fuse them together. Uh, yeah, the, I didn't invent it, but it's it's been theorized for the last uh, 50 years. Yes. Right. Yeah. And then the last one is it, you built a, a, an electric bike that went 60 miles an hour? Um, it was electric, but, uh, uh, but it, I made the motor itself. The motor was a motor and generator together. And the capacitor ran it. Uh, the, uh, the generator generated uh, into the capacitor. It was a very small capacitor. It was graphite, gold, and a couple other elements. Uh, but it, it had no battery. It, it, it was just a capacitor that ran it. And so and it, it wasn't a free energy machine, but it just um, duplicated your, your energy that you put into it. And it wouldn't put out more energy. It would just amplify the energy that you have. And you can go... 40, 50, 40 to 50 miles an hour on it. I, I did it once, but I shook the bike to pieces. Um, yeah, it was a mountain bike. I, I had to redesign the mountain bike to fit the motor and the capacitor. And I went everywhere. I, I, I did a summer and a half with the bike in the, in the mountains and on the highway. I wore six pair of tires on it. So, yeah, it works great. I'm, I'm going to be working with that uh, this spring. I'm, I'm going to modify that just a little bit more. And I was putting a computer system into it. Uh, GPS system is so that we know where the hills are, so it could uh, conserve some of the energy to the hills. And I'm still working on that, so and it tells you right where you are. And and I have to invent new tires. I've been looking for new tires for this thing, so I wouldn't wear so many tires because one tire probably lasts you 40 miles because it's torquing. Every time you you, you pedal it, it torques. Hmm. And at probably 15 miles an hour, if you torque it uh, really hard, you can squeal. Yeah, sometimes if you press down too hard, there's a lot of power that goes in. You can hear the little squelch of the tire. Right, and part of that was you had to build a capacitor too, right? Something that was different? It's called a tear capacitor, yeah. Uh, regular capacitors work on uh, aluminum, lead, uh, something in, in rolled up into a strip and stored uh, electrons into it. Uh, this hit, the strip that I use is uh, graphene. I uh, made my own graphene and gold uh, and layered, not layered, uh, coated the graphene with gold. So uh, a strip of it was, I think it was like 900 feet of graphene rolled with gold, uh, really, really micro thin into a, a probably a one inch by inch and a half. And that stored about 800 to 900 volts. And, um, and, and I had a center core of chromium uh, to keep the amperage down so you won't burn it out. So 
it worked pretty good. And I still, I still have it. Uh, I tried the electronics on the bike though. So uh, the, the capacitor and the motor is still intact. All right. And yeah, so we got the, we've got the resonator. Hopefully we'll, we'll have a working model in a few weeks. Um, yeah. That would be incredible. Yeah. I think it's uh um, it's going to be a smaller model, but, but it's going to work the way it's supposed to um, because the one we used to use only four feet and that generated 120 volts. So uh, this one here, well, I got the, I might be able to generate 1200 volts uh, and, and um, keep the amperage low on it. I'm a runner of light or something off of it or a computer. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so is there anything else that you want to share? You can feel free to talk for four more hours if you wish, um, but I want to be respectful of your time. Um, I know that you're super busy, but anything that you want to share? Uh, we're going to be traveling in a few weeks. Uh, we're going to be in Canada. Uh, look on online and on the website where we're going to be. And my suggestion, if you're in that area, come and listen to what I have to say, uh, because it's very important. I'm, I'm not a normal speaker. Uh, I talk about a lot of different things, but uh, come and find out where we are and, and, and maybe you might be able to help. And um, some people have been helping financially out there. Uh, thank you uh, for your contribution. Every dollar counts because um, uh, before the help, I used to have to go to the junkyards and scrapyards and, and uh, go get junk computers. And I still have to do that, but uh, and it's uh, making it a little bit easier to put some of this together. That's why I can build the resonator because we have a little bit, little, little bit more income, but any donations will do anything will help. So even, even a prayer, that would be help. Thank you. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you for your time and your, your appreciation. Thank you. Thank you. You're a good friend. Of course, my pleasure. Um, yeah, and I wanted to just kind of share on that note that uh, it's fascinating that you've done basically all of this in poverty. You were ho homeless uh, about two years ago in Maine, which had been super cold. Um, as I understand it, you were taught this information by your elders, and you were asked to share this with the non-natives for the first time in history, which is something that you definitely did not want to do. And um, <laughs> which I didn't understand at first. I was like, you're supposed to be spiritual and just love everything. But now I, I totally get it. I got back up full circle. Um, and, and um, you know, you work really, really hard. I've never actually seen somebody work so hard continuously and do it with so little and with so much faith. And so, yeah, um, just anybody that wants to just share a podcast, say a prayer, um, toss in a few bucks, learn what's going on. Um, but the other important piece you speak about a lot is like, it's not about the technology. This, your elders taught you how to build a community that the technology is so that the community can use it. And if you don't have the community, you kind of got nothing. And right. so that's the most important thing. So building the community so that they can use these things to improve their lives and, and the people's lives, each individual's life. I, I think that um, the reason why I work so hard and, and diligently that we can have Atlantis on this earth again. Um, that's why I, that my time is very limited here. Um, I, and I've done a lot of stuff in my life, but um, I want people to have this. I want people to have um, that peace in the world that they're looking for uh, and to be happy and to be compassionate and kind and everything else. We can have that. We have some of it now, but um, more of us can have it just by listening and participating. So that's it. And I, I've been happy the last uh, several months. I've been doing what I love to do. 
yeah, I'm a scientist and an inventor, and that's what I've been doing. So thank you for that opportunity. My pleasure. And I'll just uh, share the message to the ETs from planet Earth from my perspective is thank you for coming. We need all the help we can get. It's very confusing down here and it's challenging. Um, so um, any help, uh, there are some of us who really want to uh, make this planet a better place. So any assistance in cutting through the illusion and the uh, falsities and um, all the distractions and all the crap that we're fed and we're in to help would be greatly appreciated. And we want yeah. to have peace. Thank you. Cool. So anything else? You good? I think we're good. I think it's just seeing the stars. Sounds good. All right, guys. Well, thanks everybody for listening. David, a privilege and an honor as always. Thank you for all that you do. And I just invite everybody to check out uh, Star Teachings on Facebook. Uh, Distant Ancient Echoes on Facebook has some of the technologies. Uh, the Star Teachings, David is talking about the origin of the Star Teachings and you know what he was taught by his elders. This is very fascinating stuff. Um, being shared for the first time ever. So the way that I say it, if it's a bit far out, you can either just call him a liar or just enjoy his story time because it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's incredibly fascinating stuff. But, uh, you know, everything, if you're, if you're sharing this knowledge and everything you're building is, work, is working and, uh, you know, you're working as hard as you, you are, you know, it's all aligned for me so far. So just thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you. Enjoy uh, the day. You too. See you later. All right, guys, that wraps up that incredible episode with Native American elder David Lone Bear Senapass. If you like the show, please take screenshots, share, uh, share episodes on Facebook, on Instagram, and wherever. That's what helps get the word out. Um, they are looking to get to London, and David needs your help. So if you want to support, you can go over to the GoFundMe page. It's at facebook.com forward slash star teachings, as well as you can support David at paypal.me uh, forward slash David L. Senapass and help get them to London. If I can make it happen i will be in london england too um it's all these travels and things where it, it explodes the bank pretty quick um but i'm gonna i'm gonna make it out there with them if i can um so i'm working on that as well and usually i try to support their travels too because i know um you know his message is a little bit different than most and he operates a little bit differently but you know as far as the technologies you can look up the biodome that thing works you can go physically visit it his balloons went 800,000 feet up into space it's documented um, uh, the bike worked. He got pulled over by a cop, and lots of people saw him put a thousand miles on that thing. Unfortunately, it got ruined um, when it when he went homeless, and it was in storage. But I, all of his technology works, so we're focusing on the resonator and some of this other cool stuff. So I know it's a bit mind blowing, um, but check into it, look into it, see what you think, do your own research. Uh, it's pretty fascinating stuff. So I think that's about it. Check out uh, mattbelair.com to sign up for the email list, stay up to date, and all that kind of fun stuff. So tons of love to you. I uh, have just so much gratitude for you listening, and I, and I keep intending to have the most spectacular guest to help you awaken and master your mind, body, and spirit. And I'm going to keep that going into 2019. So thanks so much for listening. Um, let's just close this out by taking in a deep breath in through our nose. Hold that breath and just let it out slowly with all the cares, all the anxieties, and all the stresses, remembering that you're whole, complete, beautiful, incredible, just as you are, fully empowered and connected to spirit. So go have an amazing day, and I will see you in the next episode.